0: Welcome to Grain Waves, bringing data insights to your grain marketing decisions. In typical podcast fashion, we're going to do a, how about a top five for things that are going to be on people's minds here for 2022? I present to you the five challenges for the digital future of grain merchandising. Can you tackle that with me?
1: Yes, let's go. Let's do it.
0: Number one, digital silos versus data interoperability. It's not a word I say every day, Aline, but we're talking about, um, you know, digital silos is, I think the world that I've lived in my whole life where you, you have a job, especially in the grain business. Um, you know, we have an ERP system where we keep contracts. We might have a CRM system where we, you know, think about customers. Um, you know, I'm used to having a hedge position that's unique to my, uh, you know, cash position and having to get those things, uh, you know, usually using spreadsheets to, figure out how to combine those things together. That interoperability is more about those things just connecting automatically, right? That information, where I need it, when I need it. I think that's going to be kind of table stakes here in the coming coming years of grain merchandising. What do you think?
1: Right. And I think the other nuance of that is, to your example, right? I mean, you have, you have hedging data. Of, it's all the data about your risk management position, then you have uh, your your procurement, your origination right. uh, book data, then you have your logistics. All those things they talk to each other into some sense, right? It's it's a chain of data and a chain of workflows that a merchant needs to coordinate or like a buyers and farmers in order to move grains around. And the interoperability aspect of this data set is this, uh, it's how do we approach the technology and how all the databases, the data uh, is structured in a way in which they are not siloed across uh, them, but they are talking to each other, they are influencing each other, they are into some way or form driving each other in order to support uh, some of the decisions uh, that needs to to be done.
0: Yeah, that's right. And when you think about, you know, merchandising, you just touch on a bunch of things, transportation, uh, you know, futures, cash position, all these things. They're all so interrelated. I mean, rarely is anybody doing anything inside of a silo, even at a grain merchandising facility where you have a, a specific guy that does transportation versus a guy that merchandises grain versus a originator. All those people are interacting all day long sharing information because they're so dependent on each other. And I think The industry is just going to demand that that technology is able to do that, you know, out of the box. Correct.
1: Yeah, correct. And when you think about that, that way, it's a little bit of that. It comes because how companies they are structured, right? Those everything around uh, the life cycle of a merchandising transaction has its own department, which is responsible to do something, but they are connected, they make the whole, right? That's right. And I think that how the databases and how uh all the process and the like the old tech was structured and thought about was exactly thinking on those departments, hence the siloed view of it. Like one one uh department do this and they have their ERPs, their their CRMs, their tools to do it. The other department does that, and they connect by each other with, between each other through basically meetings, emails, or spreadsheets that are flying from one place to the other. But the data itself, most of the cases, they don't even talk to each other, which is really something that is is coming right. It's when you think about now everything interconnected and all these uh, workflows from, and you can see the whole intro and process, I think that we will also have some impact and change in on how um, Martians think about and execute their work.
0: That's right. Yeah. So uh, speaking of thinking about how we think about and execute our work, I think the second challenge we're going to face here is software versus those traditional standards of doing business. So um, I think you know, software is an efficient word. Everybody understands, hey, software is going to add efficiency to our business. But I don't think it can do that at the expense of the luxuries we've had in the past, such as knowing who's on the other side of that contract, right? Having policies and procedures that have been followed for, in a lot of cases, you know, 50 to 100 years at the elevators they've been working at. Any thoughts on that, Elena?
1: It seems that it's very standardized the way that, I mean, a farmer to sell a grain to a merchant. But the reality is that there is so much nuance to that, that that where how it gets done from company to company, it is can be and it is sometimes completely different. Uh, People, they try to normalize and they try to follow some standards, some of the procedures are in. They have like a the industry practice or the pre, the industry look for standards uh, some certain set of uh, data or or they require certain set of uh, information in order to get a transaction. But in the end, how they manage this and how they execute can be quite different. The other aspect of that, when you look to end consumers or To some like food processors or buyers, they, because of that lack of standardization and the complexity can be around buying from a farmer, they rely on other people in order to create those standards and to create, to normalize that process for them, right? Whereas, I mean, now we're going to live in a world which in my opinion, I mean, as we are having technology and software that uh, not only automatize process and improves, brings more data, but also put a layer of uh, real standardization on some of the things which could be quite different. I mean, we may, we are may going to observe some uh, uh, interactions changing. Into that process and how the relationships are built uh, on that as well.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, at, you know the few grain companies that I worked at, we all had our own set of software solutions. We all had our own set of uh, processes we used with farmers. And even as I was you know changing farmers from working with me at a previous business to a to the new business that I came to, uh, for those guys that followed me over, they were met with a whole new set of policies and procedures. Right? that they had to get used to and everybody had to get comfortable with. I think the thing that software is going to struggle with and needs to tackle is people will put up with that as long as they know those existing relationships exist on the other side of it. And you know that can sometimes get lost in the software. I think that's going to be a challenge for the industry.
1: Correct. Because I also believe that some of the lack of, lack of standardization in some of the aspects of uh, how you merchandise also creates um, the complexities which prevent some company to uh, some other companies to prevent or also other new in- iterations, interactions to to exist between farmers and buyers.
0: That's right. Um, on to challenge number three. Here is going to be reports versus insights. So you know I'm excited about this one. This is definitely where my passion lies. Um, everybody's used to being able to run a a weekly report or a daily report that is a snapshot in time that you know tells them about one specific thing in their company. I think going forward here in 2022 and beyond, people are going to demand real-time insights out of the the tools that they're using. So, uh, context for the person using it, um, live data. You know, uh, I think context is the most important piece here that reports don't typically have. Usually when you run a report, it tells you one piece of the puzzle. I think these insights um, in the future are going to tell us more about, hey, how does this report sit in the world that I'm looking at? And how is it changing in real time as I'm looking at it? Any thoughts on that?
1: I think we're going to see a a next wave of uh, business models and merchandising strategies uh, out of what the technology reporting insights enable them to do. Uh, to your point, I mean, I think that when you start to move from from a world where you see data as a static uh, historical data point, and then you start to see in a more dynamic way and also predictive uh, more predictions around uh, some of the consequences, some of the outcomes as the market is unfolding. I think this industry is going to react on that to adapt some of the way that we merchandise and how they talk to their customers. Um, I'm 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 a big believer that everything around AI reports and analytics, uh, which is with being unfold right now. Uh, is gonna be uh, a big uh, driver for change, and like uh, unlocking new ways to transact and new ways to relate. Uh, where I I don't think that uh, we still have a clue on how this is gonna unfold. Right? I think that for example, think about it. Right? When you were in back in the days when you were originator and a merchandiser, when you were negotiating with your customers or your positions or how much you would buy in that they you're thinking about what you know from the past, but actually you have very limited information. You have a guess, but not a, a guess which is based on it's more based on heuristics more than statistics. Now imagine that if you have like data that is really giving you more statistics uh or like a more reliable way to, to uh, know that, hey, I mean, production is gonna go down in that county in the next quarter. I mean, or the probability that people are gonna eat more carbs than protein in certain country, that is gonna change how my manufacturer works. I mean, how does this change therefore your origination, how your logistics um and how the contracts right you you have forwards, you have the pricing tools set up in order to mitigate against price volatility, but what about also thinking on output volatility right consumption volatility of course price adjusts that, but I mean what are the new instruments that this can can generate I think this is there is more to come in that uh and I think that the, one of the biggest challenges for this industry is going to make sense. And I honestly, it's also an opportunity, not a challenge to the sense that who see that through, it can be a huge competitive adva- advantage. And like, uh, and like and this industry is like many people try to seek arbitrage, right? And where this actually, this is the true generator of those. That's
0: right. Yeah, I think limiting factors. The I think a large part of why this isn't done is just sheer processing power that it takes to do this. Probably something about Internet bandwidth in the in the country, right? As you're uh, on farmer's farms talking to them or whatever. Uh, I think we've got a long way to go here and uh, we'll see significant strides in 2022. Um, takes me to number four, products versus platforms. So we've talked a lot about these point solutions. Um Oftentimes, really quality um, things built for one purpose, one small piece of the um, of the puzzle here. And I know we think about the world as more of a platform solution, so um, solving problems from end to end. So as we talk about merchandising, you know, understanding that problem and building something that relates all the way from the beginning of the process to the to the end of that process. Also helps all the things we've already talked about, such as making sure data is talking to each other, you know, uh, building quality software, and then those insights. So putting all that together into one platform, I think is really important. I know you have strong feelings about that. Anything to add?
1: Everyone in this industry is coming to the realization that technology and how you approach the development of technology needs to consider that you can connect those business as well as the workflows related to that into one single place and there is no point in fact to do some of the activities that is uh, happening today uh, if they're not connected in addition to that for example the uh think about uh the whole discussion about carbonization uh decarbonization where uh Everybody from the agricultural industry now, it is adopting or finding new ways that they can uh, create or they can adopt or promote uh, carbon credits uh, as one of uh, the products and services in their business. Well, when you think about that, and you think that more and more farmers, they also want to have the capacity uh, to bundle that with their grain contracts. We need solutions that they span, they they like they span off across uh, these products as well as those workflows, which are just different than trying to do digitize or uh, or transact electronically their grain contracts uh, and the carbons in a separate way. But I do believe that. Uh, the platform approach allows us in order to have a more interconnected uh way uh to bring more efficiency and reduce the time and executions. Um, and on top of like a surfacing unique data, which is the topic that he, you discussed it and data in this agriculture industry, it is the oil to the machines very right? I mean it's with the expected uh if the understanding of the data and those uh, interconnections which is happening across the supply chain that this industry can capture profit. So platforms to me are are the way to go uh instead of a just single product.
0: That takes me to number five uh, connecting brands, agribusiness and farmers together. So uh, we see in the industry season increasing needs for brands to want to have more control over that supply chain. Um, they want to get it directly, you know, understand where it came from that farmer, how it was raised, everything it went through to get to the table or the apparel that somebody's putting on their back. Um, I, you know. I would say this is growing at an increasing rate, in my opinion, and um, really faster than I ever would have thought, even two, three years ago, we're seeing demand for this. I think that's going to play a huge role in 2022. Any thoughts on that?
1: What is happening is that end consumers, they are increasing their needs. Um, they're, actually, they're increasing their consciousness about the different sources of food. There is also the concern, okay, how... Over the centuries, how the food supply chain grew in order to attend the demand for food, it really became, it was forced to become a, a business of scale and process, which and to a certain extent, like solves a lot of the problems to feed the world, but created others in terms of, okay, how does the supply chain make sure that the processes, the origins of this food is... Uh, is being producing to the best interest in the best pro, uh, quality that end consumers need right how they make sure about that how they can guarantee that and the, the only way that they can guarantee is through data right but not a simple data it's has to be trust uh trustworthy uh data which has a provenance which has ways in order to prove when you think about uh what happened, like, a, for example, knowing if the, like chickens, 75% of chickens, they are made of grains. Therefore, I really would like to understand what is what those birds, they ate, right? Not only uh, informing into the brands, uh, into the label of the product, okay, they are organic, but what does it mean? And what does it, how this was produced, who was part of that? Um, And I don't think that this industry can deliver that without being interconnected or having technology that supports and allows them. Because the sheer amount of data which is required to attend this and the time to process, the time to collect, to validate it, especially when grains, they are handled. Uh, They're passed through from the farm to a first-hand buyer then goes to a a second, sometimes go to a third. uh, If you want to have all those aspects, uh, you need to have uh, technology that supports uh, and captures all these interactions. The other point to that is also, if you can see who are the farmers that were engaged or the sources of that, you would like to know more about their practices, uh, how they have produced it, uh, if they are engaged, whether they are engaged or not in sustainable practices. Uh, and this whole uh, need uh, that it is in fact to solve a problem for the end consumers opened up an opportunity for farmers to be capable to monetize uh, have uh, their data in order to serve that. So I do believe that uh, how... This industry and how we are approaching through technology interconnected in a platform is one of the possible ways. One of the possible ways in order to help farmers and help this industry to give that information to the supply chain, as well as helping the supply chain to, cap- to be capable of capturing the value and monetize from that data which is being shared.
0: Yeah, Aline, uh great. I appreciate your time running through uh, what we believe to be the five challenges of the digital future of grain merchandising. Um, again, those are digital silos versus data interoperability, software versus those traditional standards, reports versus insights, products versus a platform solution, and and in the end, connecting brands, agribusiness, and farmers uh, to create premium products uh, for agriculture. So. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. Uh, any feedback or comments you have on this, the future of grain merchandising, feel free to send an email uh, at grainwaves@indigoag.com. at Look forward to talking to you again. The material contained in this presentation is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be construed as any trading advice or market outlook. There are risks associated with participating in any trade or transaction in financial instruments, and each party should independently consider such risks and perform their own due diligence prior to the execution of any trade or transaction. Indigo makes no representations or warranties as to the accuracy of any information or opinions contained herein.